Welcome to Spoken Treasures. We are Even the Sparrows, a virtual community service project created to help stay connected and provide communal support during a time of social distancing. Staying connected is a two-way street. We communicate by using our voices and listening with our ears. On this podcast, we emphasize the latter by seeking the hidden treasure within smaller voices in our communities. Join us on this auditory adventure to learn new perspective. Thanks for tuning in to Spoken Treasures. I'm Joshua, and I will be your host with my co-host, Aika, for this episode. Today, we are speaking with Mrs. Clyer, a Title I school teacher from Hartford Elementary School. We will be talking about the experiences she has had in education and how the current pandemic has affected that. Thank you for being here, Mrs. Clyer. Would you like to introduce yourself for us? Hi, my name is Tracy Clyer, and I've been teaching for over 25 years. Um, this is my 20th, almost my 20th year at Chandler Unified School District. Um, all of my experience has been in grades K through two. Um, I hold a special ed endorsement, an early childhood endorsement, and an elementary education certificate. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's so nice to meet you. To begin, what inspired you to become a teacher and how long have you been teaching? Um, well, to be honest with you, what really inspired me to be a teacher is growing up, I played softball. I played softball since I was nine years old and I was a college athlete too. So um, I had a lot of interactions um, with coaches and my physical education teachers. And um, they are really what ex inspired me to be a teacher. Um, they taught me, you know, what it's like to be a team player, how to, you know, cooperate with other people, how to win how to win the game gracefully and lose gracefully and that. So they're really the ones that inspired me to become a teacher. Um, and I still have close contact with um, some of my teachers from junior high and high school and that we talk every few months. So they really have been a positive role model in my life. Um, the only tough decision I had when I wanted, when I knew I wanted to become a teacher, I didn't know if I wanted to be an elementary education teacher or a physical education teacher, because, you know, I liked working with the younger kids, but I've, I was also very athletic and liked sports. So it was a tough call, but I ended up picking elementary education. Um, and you also asked um, how many years I've been teaching, um, a little over 25 years. Wow, that's really impressive. College athlete, become teacher. I think that's really cool. And I'm sure along the way, you've picked up a lot of different, you know, tips or values about teaching. So have you sort of formed any philosophy about teaching or education that you would like to share? Um, yes, um, I just, it's, it's easy. Well, it's not easy, but I believe that all students can learn if giving the right tools and opportunity, it's just figuring out what works for them and what doesn't work for them. You know, sometimes that takes a while to figure out each student and what's their best learning style and what they're interested in learning. 
Yeah, and I truly think that teaching is a very admirable profession and often a very underappreciated one as well. Um, from my experience as a student in public education for nearly 13 years now, a lot of my teachers have described it as like a calling and a very fulfilling job. In light of that, what has your teaching experience been like and have you taught other grades before at different schools? And how did you end up where you are today teaching at Hartford? Um, well, when I was younger, or when I first started my teaching career, it was in Illinois, and I taught for one year at a private school, and then my husband and I moved from Illinois to the state of Washington, and I taught at another private school for an, a couple of more years until my husband um, told me we had to leave and we had a different job to do. Um, so then I taught at a, another private school for a couple of years. And then eventually I worked at a Title I school in Washington in a small town. And it was just very eye-opening when I taught there um, just to see, you know, what the kids really weren't getting in their home lives and what they needed. They were just so happy that you were there loving on them and working on them. So that's one of the reasons, even though I've had a lot of experience in, you know, regular, as you would say, regular schools and Title I schools, I've worked in both areas before and I've had success in all areas, but um, something that just led me back to Hartford was that experience I had in Washington working with, I taught kindergarten with these students. Um, their home lives, you know, weren't very good at the time. A lot of them, you know, they um, didn't have places to live. They were coming to school hungry. And um, it was just, um, you know, knowing that I have so much and they have so little, it was really an eye opener to see, you know, what other people are struggling with. So that what um, what, what led me back to Hartford is to um, go back and help the kids and be there for them because they just want you to love them and help them and they just want you to be your friend. Wow, that's really amazing. I I really appreciate and love your heart to just help these children and give them so much affection and care that really it warms my heart really um and so as you've been teaching throughout these years have you faced any unique challenges that are specific to a title one school well you know what there are challenges no matter what type of school you are in or what type of district you are in there's challenges no matter what but there are different challenges uh, being at a title school. You know, one of them, a challenge is, you know, when you're teaching at a title school, you need to make sure this you're meeting the students' needs are being met and just not that their academic needs, but the whole child's needs. And that there are many situations that title schools face on a daily basis. Um, I think I mentioned earlier, like a lot of times the kids come to school hungry. So, you know, you can't learn. They're not going to be able to learn very well if they're coming into school hungry. So a lot of kids are hungry or maybe they don't have a stable place to live or they're working with multiple families. So we try to do our best to help the kids out um, at, you know, and provide um, a lot of social and emotional support for the kids. Now at Hartford, we have a full-time behavior specialist 
and a full-time counselor. So we're pretty lucky. We also have a full-time liaison that helps the parents. Um, They teach classes to the parents, English classes and other classes. And we have many different partnerships throughout Chandler with different businesses that support our students. And our students also um, at Hartford get um, a free breakfast and lunch provided by Chandler Service Club and Central Kitchen. So we do offer a lot of different programs and opportunities for our students. Wow, that's really cool. I. I feel like it depends, depending on the school, all schools have a different type of community, you know, and it sounds like what you guys do really helps foster a close-knit community. And I think that's just, that's great. We do, and we do a lot of things with our families um, and community members and that. Um, It's been a little bit different this year because of COVID and that. So we haven't been able to do a lot of those close activities, but at our school, we do provide a lot of activities that are free that the families and students can participate in. Definitely. And I can imagine that each district and each school itself has its own set of resources at its disposal and no two schools are alike. In your general experience, what are the differences between working at a Title I school versus another school that might not have that Title I classification? Oh boy, this is a hard one because there's all differences, like you said, in a Title I school and a regular school. Um, The first important thing to understand is that working at a Title school means that we are dealing with lower income families. And in order for us to be a title school, we are we qualify by free and reduced lunches. And at Hartford, we have more than 90% of our students that are on um, um, free and reduced lunch of students who qualify. So understanding that means that they are no less smart or their parents are no less willing to help but they just have more changes to face, challenges to face because we know that lower income sometimes means more challenges and they may not have the access to the materials they need to help their child or they may be worrying about how to make ends meet. So they are working on, uh, a lot of them are working on more than one job or multiple jobs, you know. They're dealing with childcare issues. So these parents are dealing with a lot. As a title school, it's very important to create positive family relationships beyond just um, student to teacher, but staff to family. So they feel like they can rely on us and we could help them in any way we can in their journey, in their learning journeys, you know, um, in a regular school, you know, you still have some families that might be dealing with some of those things, but not at the same capacity. Like I said, Hartford is over 90% free and reduced lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that just makes me a bit curious. Are there different ways that people outside of that, of Title I schools can help to, I don't know, somehow support people who are working there or, people, or families that are in need at Title I schools? Um, I know at our school, we have a lot of community members, a lot of different businesses throughout the community that help. Um, you know, like on Friday, we have Friday Fun Pack. 
snacks and that which is when students get to take a bag of food home that you know they could have for over the weekend you know there's intel we partner up with intel for different things and at the christmas time there's uh, families throughout the whole community that help us um, be able to give the kids a nice Christmas. Um, we have um, people that donate and help us with shoes. So the kids that don't have shoes can have a pair of decent shoes that don't have holes in there. So Hartford, we partnership with a lot of different businesses throughout the community. We're very um, grateful that we have that kind of help. Yeah, that that's wonderful. Um... In all those times where you've been able to, you know, help these kids and be able to really um, show them all this love, uh, has there been any favorite moment of yours helping the students at Hartford? Well, my favorite moment is every year around the holidays, Christmas, it's magical at Hartford. Um, Our music teacher, Mr. Nguyen, um, he puts together with um, student council. Um, we have a, a day that's called fine dining and student council. They are our servers and they come in dressed up, whatever the theme is, and they serve all the students and teachers as well. So the teachers sit with their class. We all dress up in our best Sunday outfits. So the kids are able to dress up in suits and ties and dresses and we have a fancy meal together there's christmas music in the background the cafeteria is decorated throughout the whole entire cafeteria and it's just a chance where you could sit down and be together with their kids and that's just part of it you know the other half of it is a lot of these kids don't have a lot of you know their parents can give them for christmas so this is where i was talking about how we partnership with lions clubs and sun lakes and other um, chandler unified schools in the district they help us we usually raise uh, over uh, i think it's about 1500 toys for our kids to have. So on the last day of school, all these toys are on the table and they're able to pick from one to four toys per student. And for some of these, a lot of these kids, that might be their only Christmas. So it's really nice to see their eyes open wide and they're very appreciative. There's a couple times I've even witnessed where one of my students grabbed a toy for a younger sibling at home instead of for themselves. And they're like, can I get this for my younger sister? You know, and for them to think of their family members instead of themselves, you know, that is really, it's a special time of the year at our school. Wow, it definitely sounds like the holiday season is a very, like, special time um, for a lot of these students. And it's very heartwarming to just hear about how, you know, how these students enjoy that time and, you know, the, like, joy that they get from just all these different special opportunities that Hartford provides. Um, so in this past year, it's safe to say that COVID-19 has impacted our lives in more ways than one. Um, how has the experience of being an educator of elementary school kids, no less, been like for you? Well, it's definitely has affected educators around the world, including myself. 
um, in many different ways. Um, you know, as you know, last year we had to teach virtually for fourth quarter and then going into the first quarter this year for Chandler Schools. Um, it was hard to get to know the kids and that, you know, over virtual teaching, it was hard to get to know them. It was difficult to figure out how to assess the kids and how you were going to hold them accountable at that age range. And it was another thing that was really hard about it was, you know, not a lot of families had technology or internet access. So for a couple of weeks, there was, we were teaching lessons and students didn't have that technology or internet access until Chandler Unified Schools were able to provide it. And even then, it's hard. It was difficult to get the students to come on to the virtual meetings because with the younger students, they can't log on on their own. And when you're logging on and off for different subjects and going to watch different videos and that, that was difficult for parents to get used to the technology as uh, well as myself. I There was a lot of crying involved on my end, but um, it was just really hard to get to know them, to assess them and to teach lessons and teaching the kids how to use the technology in that. So it was it was really hard. It was difficult for me. I did a lot of crying at the end of the at the during the year, but um, my colleagues, my first grade team was amazing. They are younger than me, so they're very technology savvy. So they were able to help me a lot to help me get through that time. Wow. Yeah, for sure. De definitely, I'm sure the change to virtual learning affects all sorts of students and teachers all over the country, all over the world. Um, are there any continued obstacles in this past year um, that you've still been having to overcome while teaching virtually? Um, well, now that we're back, there there has been some obstacles now that, that we're back in the classroom because a lot of, um, depending on, you know, if you had parents who were working a lot in um whether they had siblings at home to help their kids to get on and off the computer. There were some students who weren't able to get on as to the many of the meetings as you would have liked. So in that aspect, it was difficult because some of our kids were missing some of the meets and some of the recordings. So they were missing out on learning opportunities. So now whereas now we are seeing in the classroom that there are some gaps and just trying to figure out what those gaps are and to fill those gaps and help the kids as much as we can to get them back on track. Because as teachers, we still have... Um, goals and expectations and standards we have to meet, you know, so we still need to get the kids where they need to, where they need to be, even though, you know, they might not had as much learning online than they would normally in the classroom. Yeah, definitely. Virtual learning has, you know, changed a lot of things. And even as a high schooler, there have been a few difficulties throughout the year. And I can't imagine just how different it might be, especially for younger kids who are just learning, you know, the basics of their education. Um, but I definitely just like applaud, you know, your strength and resilience and just like the strength and resilience of all, you know, educators during this time. 
Um, so yeah, what are some of the best parts about teaching first graders and are there any things you wish could be improved upon or you wish you could change? Um, well, I've been teaching, most of my teaching has been in first grade, even though I've been teaching over 25 years, the majority of my teaching has been in first grade. Um, in my opinion, first grade is like no other grades, like in kindergarten, you know, they're just, they're learning to be social and they still have their learning goals and that, but they're learning how to interact and in first grade, they still have to learn those. They're still learning socially how to interact and learning about the rules, what they can and cannot do. But there's so much they have to learn. The expectations, I, I feel, are so much higher in first grade because coming out of first grade, we need to have them reading in that. So, um so it's just, I think first grade is so much more challenging. I've taught in second grade and I find that a little bit more easier than first grade because first grade, they're still learning about their behavior and you're trying to meet the expectations and that. But there's not a whole lot I would change. But my favorite thing about one of my favorite things about first grade is just watching them from where they started at the beginning of the year. Because they're gener they're like kindergartners starting out, and then at the end of the year, you know, they're ready for second grade. And probably around January, February, where you'd say you could technically say you see the light bulb going on. The kids are starting to get the routine. Things are starting to click. They're starting to blend and read. So I really enjoy seeing the progress, you know. And the nice thing about teaching in the younger grades is. For the most part, they still like their teacher. They still want to give you hugs and they want to know your life story and they want to tell you their life story. So they still really care about their teachers and like their teachers. So I wouldn't trade that in for the world. Aw, that's so adorable. Have you <laughs> been able to like maintain contact with some of your students in the past as and seen them like grow up and stuff? You know what? As a matter of fact, I do keep in contact with a lot of my students. Um, I had a couple of students last year reach out to me to see if I could um, attend a graduation party for them. And that so that you can imagine how long ago that was. <laughs> I had another student reach out to me this year saying, you know, you were my favorite teacher in first grade. And at my school, I started teaching a while ago at Hartford. So a lot of my kids are in fifth, sixth, seventh grade. And I, my sixth graders always come back to me usually every day to say hi to me. So I do see the kids a lot and I do stay in contact with those that choose to stay in contact with. Oh, that's so sweet. That That's just lovely. Um, so in all your years of teaching, have you ever come across any, I guess, myths about teachers that you want to debunk or dissipate? Yeah. <laughs> Um, there are myths about teachers, but I don't want to debunk any of them. I just know that there are myths. Um, but I do know that, you know, teachers work very hard at what they do. Uh, teachers wear many different hats per se, you know, throughout the day. We do our jobs. Most of us do our jobs with pride and dignity because we really do care about our students and we really want the very best for them. 
And that's, I'm going to leave you with that. (laughs) And for this last question, it was a little bit of a last minute addition. So if you like want to take a few minutes to like think over it. um, Okay. Yeah. So do you have any words of encouragement or advice for students who are looking to go into education? Do I have any advice? Um, just if they're interest, if you're interested in learning about education, going into education and want to become a teacher, ask around, you know, talk to your teachers, ask them, you know, what they like, you know, what are some advantages and disadvantages? Most teachers will tell you there are a lot of advantages to being a teacher. You know, there are some disadvantages, just like any other job, but they need to ask around, you know, and they really need to, if they're going to, you know, go into, they want to look into teaching, they need to put, you know, forth 110% effort when they do it to see if that's something that they actually might like to do and that give it the full 110% when you're doing your practicums and your student teaching, ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. For our listeners and for ourselves, uh, even if we aren't interested in going into education, are there ways that we can help support schools like Hartford, um, whether it's donations or something? Well, Hartford's always, you know, we're always willing to take donations. We have, as I mentioned previously, a lot of businesses who help out throughout the school year. Um, There's churches and um, community members who reach out to us and they say, hey, you know, we have some extra money um, and they'll donate um, uh, a lot of supplies like crayons, scissors, glue, stuff like that. So we're always looking at to, you know, um, extra supplies is always welcome. You know, we could always use the extra supplies. Sometimes we have donations for extra clothing in case a family, um, there's a fire or something. We have extra clothing to give to them and stuff like that. So there's lots of different ways you can donate. Um, you could donate through tax credit, um, just just about anything. You know, we are willing, we're willing to, you know, whatever way people can help out, we're grateful for. Awesome. That's great to know. Thank you. Uh, Well, thank you again, Mrs. Clyer, for taking the time to share your unique story with us today. It was so wonderful to hear from you, and we truly appreciate um, this opportunity just to hear about your experience working as an educator at a Title I school. Thank you so much, and I appreciate being here as well. I hope that I was able to help someone. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Spoken Treasures. Even the Sparrows is still hosting our ongoing book sale, where all operations are done remotely and all proceeds are directed towards the Chandler Regional Medical Center. To learn more, visit our website at eventhesparrows.org. We have so much more in the works and are excited to share everything with you in the upcoming future. To stay updated, follow our socials on Instagram or Facebook at even.thesparrows. Thank you and we'll see you next time.